Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. Well, hey, welcome everybody. I guess we're doing this, huh? We got this podcast thing happening, so thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, your support is huge. Just the fact that you're here right now shows me that you care, shows me that you're you're interested, even if it's just for five minutes. And uh, let's see what we can do with this thing, huh? So this podcast is designed to talk about my artwork piece by piece through the years and what's behind each one. We'll talk about influences, inspirations, periods of my life, and experiences that have all contributed to this artwork. Music has been a huge motivator and can evoke emotion. And some emotions just can't be harnessed. So a good way for me to help manifest them into something healthy was to put it down on canvas or other forms of media. So why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? Um, good question. I guess uh, it kind of came about from a lot of people demonstrating interest in my work and they kind of made it clear when people would say stuff like, well, you should sell this or, you know, there's a market for this stuff or you could, you could do something with it. And I never really thought about it because I never made it, I never created work for the purpose of selling it, but I've got a ton of it. And I just, I do it. It brings me joy. It brings me pleasure. I'm able to have some type of a creative outlet. And then it's, it's in a box or it's, it's in the basement or, or wherever. It just, and it gets kind of pushed around from place to place. And that's that. So why not do something with it? But I mean, like who really cares? Um, I don't know, maybe somebody, but what I'd like to do is if I'm going to go ahead and sell stuff, I'd like to archive it in some way, shape or form. And I get that when I studied art history in college, we're looking at pieces from a million years ago with the artists nowhere to be found and only what we have to essentially interpret what was going on or what was behind the meaning of, of famous works of art. And 
by no stretch of the imagination do I ever think that my work will ever be studied or in a museum or anything of that nature. But if anything, I can at least kind of speak to it while I'm still around and kind of talk about what's what's the point. What was the purpose behind it? So hopefully you get something out of it. And I've got a ton of stuff and it's, it's all over the place. And um, yeah, so let's just dive in. But I'm going to kind of talk to you in this pilot episode more so about how I got here. What's the story? Where did it all start? And well, um, I've got some notes here that I'm kind of going by and it's just very much all over the place. But hey, speaking of all over the place, before we get started, how about that intro? Huh? I'm thinking about keeping her. I don't know. What do you think? Just from the just for the fact of the way she says drawing, that's fun. No? Alright, just trying it on. We'll see. We'll give her a couple episodes, see how she does. Um Alright, so let me tell you that. I probably have my earliest memories of drawing, drawing, Thundercats, and Elf. And so as a child, I would come home from school, and like clockwork, I would watch Thundercats, followed by different strokes. And then one day... I came home, watched Thundercats, and instead of different strokes on at four o'clock, all of a sudden, today, on the Dukes. It was the Dukes of Hazard, And so I have early memories of drawing Thundercats and the General Lee and Alf. And, you know, prior to having action figures and toys, I just, I wanted more. I had to come home and watch these these shows and I really enjoyed them and they were fun but I needed more I wanted more so I would just use my imagination I would just draw and I would I would create that if I wanted more I'd make more and so that's where it came from and yeah I just I just kind of started it was there I can't say that there was ever really an artistic influence it was just a matter of just wanting to indulge more in, in some of the things that I really enjoyed as a kid. And that was that. And it was too easy. So I, obviously they were probably terrible. Um, but as grandparents do and as parents do, they hung proudly on all the refrigerators. And it was, it was cool. I enjoyed it. So uh, in 1988, my family and I moved to Rochester, New York, East Rochester specifically. And I can remember in the early 80s, excuse me, in the late 80s, early 90s, my parents had gotten me a, a drawing drafting table. And I always, always had drawing pads, pencils, uh, you name it. And as time went on, I you know, went through various stages as a kid and the things that I enjoyed. But something that was huge at the moment in time around 1988-1989 was the premiere of The Simpsons. And having watched The Simpsons originally on the Tracy Ullman show, when they were extremely crude animation, um, when they got their own series, that was awesome. 
But I didn't have the luxury of the internet to research and find images to, to try to replicate. I would have to get pictures out of the TV guide and, and pictures in the newspaper. I would cut them out and I would just draw from those and just over time, just practice little by little. And um, yeah, that was the deal. It was just a matter of doing something like that because I had no other way to, to find things besides books, magazines, periodicals, things of that nature, that I could find images to, to try to study. And comic books were really big into that as well. I didn't necessarily get into comics for the, for the stories, although I still currently read at a comic book level. I got into comics for the artwork, just being able to, to look at those and take inspiration from that and, and try to just continue to, to develop that. That's what I did. And, uh, and that was fun. So until the internet was invented in 2007, I just pretty much went from books and magazines and so forth. And that's kind of how things got started. So that's how things were. And as time went on through my middle school and high school years, I can remember certain milestones with summer blockbusters and other films and, and things of the time that would just influence and, and inspire to, to come home and do something. I can remember seeing Edward Scissorhands in the movie theater and just coming home and, and just drawing all night long and wanting to, to try to recreate this, this amazing image that I just saw of this really incredible film. And I can remember seeing the, the first Adams Family film and drawing uh, a picture of Thing, and it was terrible because hands are so hard to draw. But that's just how it was. And you just the more you do it, the better you get. And, and you just you just practice, and that's that, that's all. Um, when the Batman film came out, the 1989 Michael Keaton Batman, the very best Batman for what it's worth. Everybody knows that. It's science. I can remember drawing drawing those characters. I can remember leading up to the to the, re the release of that film and that all that summer long, all the old 1966 Batman reruns were televised on TV. And so I can remember drawing all of those characters. And, and that was, that was fun. And it was just, it was a good time. It was just something that, that I could do. And I, I played with toys as a kid. Action figures were huge to me. I had video games, but didn't play them a ton just because, you know, they weren't super affordable necessarily at the time. So I'd have some, but I'd get bored with them. And so I need to do something more creative. And that's where um, this really came into play. And so kind of fast forward into to my high school years, I had always continued to be creative, but I, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do as an adult. So I can remember one time having a conversation with my guidance counselor where I legit told her that I wanted to be a professional wrestler. And for all of you that know me, that you know that I've got the physique for it. That's that's a no-brainer. Why why wouldn't I be? I'm kidding, but seriously, I don't even come close. I have no business even setting foot in the ring. But it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be cool. I was I was thinking about the name the Starred Spangler as a as a possible character, but uh, more to follow on that. So obviously, I didn't become a professional wrestler, but. I thought, well, I need to maybe try to utilize 
what I enjoy doing in terms of being creative. And so I kind of thought that being an architect was the way to go. Something that involves the artistic process, but at the same time is, is something a little bit more technical. Because what am I going to do as an artist? And I, I mean that in, in all sincerity. Like, why? What am I going to do? You always hear that, that term starving artist. And it's like people who, who study history. Well, what are you going to do with that? Well, you could become a teacher. You could teach it. So I don't know. What, what was I going to do as an artist? And was I even good enough? Is that even a thing? And I'm here to tell you, folks, that art's just a matter of opinion. That's it. The end. I guarantee there's going to be stuff that we talk about on this show that you don't care for. And that's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings, I promise. Uh, and there's going to be other stuff that maybe you like. And I hope so. I hope you do like it. And whenever anybody ever tells me, well, I, I'm not artistic or I, I can't draw or I can't do this, sure you can. Anybody can. If you like it, if it brings you pleasure, if you enjoy it and it's, it's fun, have at it. Who's to tell you you're not an artist? Who's to tell you that you can't do something? Art isn't measured in the ability to, to look at something and try to reproduce it. That's just not it. There's so many different ways and forms that you can, you can take something and just make something else out of it. That's it. I'm off topic, but that's the deal. We'll come back to that. So I'm in school. I'm taking these drawing classes, these like drafting and AutoCAD and things of that nature. And that was, that was fun. I enjoyed it. But um, it was actually in one of those classes that we had a guest speaker or something, or I can remember there was a video. We watched the video, and in that class, the video itself made me realize that I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, to do creative and, and visual art. I didn't want to do technical stuff and, and, and drafting and architecture. And so it was kind of a little bit late in the game. I hadn't really taken any significant art classes whatsoever. It was just all this technical stuff. So um, all of a sudden I had to get hot and, and I started taking every last visual art class I could, I could enroll into because then I decided I wanted to go to college for art. But again, what are you going to do with it? What, what could you possibly do? So at that moment in time, I decided, well, maybe I'll become an art teacher. And that's, that was the pursuit. So I took as many art classes in high school as I could. I think I took every last one that was available and used that to try to put together a portfolio. And it just so happened that I was actually being recruited in order to play football by some, some local state schools, nothing crazy. And that was kind of fun. That was kind of cool. It felt good. I had actually started playing football my sophomore year of, of high school. And I was a kicker because I had played soccer up until that point. And I kind of grew tired of soccer in the program. And I decided I wanted to try something different. So it turns out I ended up having a little bit of a talent for it. And I chose the school that I did because I had the closest thing I could get to becoming an art teacher, where my major itself was actually, by title, was Interdisciplinary Arts for Children. And it's essentially utilizing the arts to teach core subjects. So, for example, using 
music to teach math or using theater to teach history, etc. So mine was based on visual art. Well, I went there to do that and to play football and decided not to play football, but I, I still went to college anyways, I guess. And it was fine. It was just whatever. Um, but it actually really turned me off from art. I had a pretty hard time in college, not because it was challenging, but because of my perspective on art and what the faculty's perspectives on art was as well. And um, I actually kind of got into it with a with a few of the of the staff because I didn't want to create artwork in their style. And so that was a, a challenge because it wasn't so much of them teaching concepts and principles and design elements and things of that nature. It was it was expect an expectation that that the students kind of produced art in the same way that the the instructor did. And so I pushed back on that quite a bit and that probably didn't help matters, but I really enjoy pop culture. I really enjoy just what's happening. And that tends to influence my stuff a lot. And at the time, my big things were, well, stuff from my childhood. Like you can see it in a lot of my work. And it's not so much that I refuse to grow up. It's just the stuff that I enjoy. But there's a little bit of a, of a, refus a refusal to grow up. That's that's true. Everybody knows that. But um, so college wasn't necessarily the most fun from that perspective. And there's very little work that I kept from that time because it was just kind of a joke to me. I, I just kind of did it to get through it. And it actually, it really kind of turned me off of art quite a bit. And I didn't really want to pursue that anymore. Just because I didn't want to, I didn't want to be like these people. I didn't want to associate with with their their types and the way they behaved. I didn't really enjoy it, and so I just kind of finished up school just to be done with it. But I had also decided that I didn't want to be a teacher, not so much because I was turned off from art, but I just didn't want to be around other people's kids. It took me until my my junior year to figure that out. Brilliant, but by that point. I was so tired of going to college. I just wanted to be done. So I finished up and uh, yeah. So I was working at a restaurant all through school and I decided to manage it for a little while and everything was okay until September 11th, 2001. So there I was hung over on my couch. When I get a phone call, saying, turn on the TV. And you know how that story goes. Um, and service was always something that I had thought about, was interested in, but something else always kind of came along. Something else always just took its place. And so I thought to myself that now's the time. This is it. This is, this is what's happening. So, um, by January 8th, I was in boot camp and yeah, joined the Navy. And lo and behold, much to my surprise, didn't expect to be in as long as I did. 
Um, but yeah, I ended up serving for over 20 years. That was unexpected. It was just meant to be, I had signed up for six years. It was a four-year contract with a, with a two-year extension. I had a guaranteed A school, a guaranteed C school. I got a sign-on bonus. I was living large. That was huge. I was getting all the goodness. Oh, I had automatic third class right out of, out of A school. So I was, I mean, just big time, big time. Um, not really crazy about uh, my first few years in the Navy because uh, didn't really care for my job in terms of my my rating. I enjoyed being in the Navy and serving, and that was cool and whatever. But I had gotten in, gone through boot camp, and then spent almost my whole first year in the Navy just going from basic training to school to school to school. And it was almost a full year by the time I actually got to the fleet and got to my first ship. And then when I had gotten to my first ship, they had just gotten back from a deployment and I checked on board. I think we did like a 10 day underway and then it was into the shipyards and into the shipyards for quite a while. And the shipyards are not a pleasant place to be. It's a, it's a very depressing place. It's kind of, it's just kind of unfulfilling everything's broken down torn apart there's there's cabling and, and tubing and all this ventilation everywhere and it's it's hot and it's cold and it's dirty and it's loud and it's just it's just not a pleasant environment to be in and so i found myself really just struggling to to enjoy that type of an environment and i needed some type of a creative release again i felt like I had abandoned things for so long with art because I was just so turned off from my college experience that I I just didn't really utilize that anymore as, a, as an outlet. And so to kind of help, I guess, combat the um, the shipyard fatigue and just the, the depression of the environment, I decided I was going to go try to jumpstart my creativity again. And I, I bought... Um, Bought an art pad and some pencils and stuff and picked up some Legos and some modeling clay and just tried to get back to the things that I knew I enjoyed as a kid to try to stimulate that that uh, creativity. And, and it worked and it helped for sure. And then little by little, I started picking up canvas and working with different acrylic paints and collage and just a lot of different techniques different things like that over the years. And even though it wasn't necessarily hot and heavy all the time, like it is now, it was it was always there. It was always something that I could use. It's something I could fall back on. And it got to be something not only just to fall back on, but something that I actually enjoyed. And when, when enough time had passed, I, I found myself missing it. And so I would I would always go back to that. And I was able to experiment with a number of different things. And I can pinpoint different periods of time throughout my career based on the artwork that I had and what the influences were at the time. For example, um, when the Dawn of the Dead remake was released, there was like a huge kind of a resurgence of 
the zombie genre in in horror and in popularity and so zombies were everywhere and they were all over everything and it was fun and it was it, it made its way in, into comic books and and then fast forward a handful of years later you've got the walking dead comics and then the franchise there and so all of that stuff was very influential in my artwork and um, I experimented with different techniques, as I mentioned, and, and it was fun. Um, but I'd find myself like getting underway and I would bring supplies with me. I would always have like, I, I went through, I don't even hundreds and hundreds of Sharpies and rubber cement. And I would do a lot of collage work with that. And I would use, I would bring kind of smaller canvases underway with me or a handful of paints. And then over the years, they got to be, a point where I would always have like several paints and brushes and and I would get model kits and I would just have all these different things available so that I could have these these little bursts of creativity when the time came for it and sometimes I would I would try to to make time so that I could I could just have that and it was it was awesome and so as time went on in the Navy and dealing with life and just things in general. Um, I'm not ashamed to say that I found myself struggling pretty tremendously with depression and anxiety. And I would use art as a coping tool. I would also, I would run, that was huge, that would help. But I also admittedly abused alcohol. And I can remember even kind of combining those things, not so much the running and drinking, but definitely um, drinking and creating artwork. And then there was definitely an imbalance from not doing enough artwork and doing more than my fair share of drinking. And it got to a point where um, I can I can honestly say now that I'm grateful to be currently over six months sober as, as, as I sit here now. Um, but I realized that my priorities were definitely unbalanced and I was not utilizing healthy coping methods as I should have been. And so now I still run, but more than ever, I do artwork almost exclusively, almost every single day, almost um, damn near every aspect of my free time is if, if it's not currently working on a project, it's, it's out finding it. And what I mean by that, we'll explore in future episodes because I spend a lot of time scouring thrift shops for that next inspiration. And trust me, we're going to, we're going to talk about some stuff, you know what I'm saying? So that's where I'm at right now. And I think that uh, my last few years in the Navy were kind of a huge catalyst because I was really struggling with not only um, just wondering what was next, not only wondering about just what am I going to do, but also how am I going to just manage to, to survive another day in this organization. Um, and for at, essentially for the benefit of my people, because that was my, my primary motivator was to provide them 
with every last bit of support that I could. But in order to do that, I needed to have some way to, to channel that. And so um, as I lived on the boat, my office was filled with artwork. And I had a drawer at my desk that you open it up and it was just loaded with paint, acrylic paint, non-toxic, wasn't hazmat, calm down, um, brushes, glue, Mod Podge, like all the, all the tricks and tools of the trade had it. And, and it was great because I could, I could work all day, go for a run, come back, shower, eat, do artwork, repeat. And it was great. It was, um, it was good to have. And then I find myself now doing it exclusively. I've got a real job. Don't worry. Um, I do go to work during the day and it's, it's fun. It's good, but this is different. This is, I don't look at it as a job. I don't look at it as a, as a, even a hobby. It's, it's a passion. It's kind of a, it's a thing that if I don't do it, I'm going to find myself craving it. And I've been recording this in, in segments and going back and listening to each one. Man, it's rough. So I, I appreciate your patience more than anything, but I'm hoping that as time goes on, this doesn't continue to suck balls because hopefully I can become a little more articulate as I just spend more time talking about stuff and things. But I, I hope you come back for more. I'll tell you that where I am in, at this point in my life, uh, I see people around me that are, are doing their thing. And there happens to be a couple of, of, of folks that I've really looked up to. They're people that I've I've shared elements of my life with or uh, been close to or been fortunate enough to know that um, they're literally living their dreams. Like they are the example of they, they had the courage to go out and pursue something and they excel at it. And I've been also fortunate enough to be able to collaborate with them on a, on a couple of things. And, and so I think that uh, they're absolutely an inspiration to me and I appreciate them for that. And so hopefully this can kind of be a version of that uh, for me. I mean, never in a million years did I ever think I would have a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast was until like, I don't know, a year or two ago. But um, yeah, if you're if you're willing to, to stick around and hear me tell stories about some of the stuff that I've worked on, I've, I've been all over the place with, um, I don't know if you would consider it traditional artwork, but I've, I've worked with canvas model kits, furniture, woodworking, collage, tattoo design, songwriting, storyboards, t-shirt design, Halloween props, makeup effects, action figures, sculptures, thrift shop art, you name it. I, uh, I love being able to find creative methods and techniques online, especially like I just, I see somebody do something and I, I get an idea and I'm like, Oh, I want to try that. So I do. And I can't say that I've really focused on any one particular type of art or style, but um, you can almost always kind of tell how they all kind of connect to one another. So I don't know, we'll see what happens, but 
again, I appreciate you, you listening. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. Art could be a powerful thing, and it reaches each of us in a different way. So I encourage you to do what makes you happy and never accept anybody who treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. And if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's this. Remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1, or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them. Uh